on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Let's pray this morning. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we just ask that you would be with us uh, this morning, that your presence uh, would be here through the ministry of your word. Uh, We pray that you would speak to to each one of our hearts, that you would be uh, at work in us, Lord. Uh, We are in desperate need of of you to raise our eyes uh, to heaven so that we might think of you and think of your goodness and think of all that you've done. And I pray that 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 would motivate us towards towards godly uh, conduct, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm sure uh, some of you, many of you, have heard uh, this saying, uh, maybe have said this to yourself of someone, that that they are so heavenly minded, uh, they're of no uh, earthly good. Kind of the idea of of someone who has their head in the clouds all all the time uh, and has no practical uh, ability. Maybe, Maybe someone who walks around and and fakes even their, their spirituality and always has a, uh, a spiritual thing to say, but often is clueless to what is going on and, and rarely says those things uh, with compassion. So we have the phrase, so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good. Uh, and yet, that phrase I think is, is a caricature and certainly uh, it's not a biblical idea. Uh, if, if we are truly heavenly minded, we will be of all earthly good. Now, I don't mean uh, earthly good in the way that the world measures it. I mean it in the way that we live our lives uh, in loving others and walking with others in the way uh, that God measures it. But the more we think of Jesus Christ, who is, is seated at the right hand of God, the more it, it fuels us uh, to live out our Christian life. And so, biblically speaking, the more heavenly-minded we are, uh, the more earthly good uh, we will do in terms of loving our neighbor, in terms of serving Christ, in terms of of walking in his way. Heavenly-mindedness means being focused on Jesus so that we think about where he is uh, and and what he is doing. Uh, If you ask most children uh, after they get saved, where is uh, Jesus, uh, they will tell you, Jesus is in my heart. Uh, and there is certainly uh, much biblical truth to that, that, that Jesus is forming his image uh, in us, that through the power of his Holy Spirit, he dwells uh, inside of us. Uh, and yet, Jesus Christ in his physical, resurrected human body is in heaven. Uh, Hebrews chapter 8 tells us this. Now, the point in which we are saying is this. We have such a high priest... Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Or Hebrews 4.14. Since then we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. So Jesus Christ is in heaven at God's right hand, and that is where our minds need to be. That is where our focus needs to be. So our main point this morning is simply... Focus your minds on Christ's heavenly presence. We need to remember where Jesus is and that as the king at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, he is ruling over all things and he is the head of this world, but in a special way, he is the head of his body, the entire 
church. And so we focus our minds on heavenly places. And, and we're going to see three reasons this morning to focus our minds on these heavenly places. So first we have, focus your minds on Christ's heavenly presence because you have been raised with Christ. So one of the motivations that we should have for, for focusing on Jesus and focusing on where he is in heaven is we participate in the resurrection life that Jesus has won for us. Now, when I say we participate in that, in the future, we will have resurrection bodies, right? We will actually have a new body that, that does not get old, that does not get tired. We will all be able to run around for hours on end at family fun days and not wake up tired uh, the next morning. But right now, we have died with Christ, as we saw a few weeks ago, and risen again into new life. So, this scripture passage says, we are raised with Christ. Look at the beginning of verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Now, this is, this is a hypothetical if. He is speaking to a body of believers, and because they have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ... They have been put to death in Christ and been raised to walk in new spiritual life. But the way Paul uses the if here, it it would be like if I said to you, if you live in America, you should obey its laws. And I'm speaking to a group of us, and so far as I know, we all right now live in America. And so you know what I'm saying to you is obey the laws of America. And I'm saying that, though, in such a way that, that it gets at what is your motivation for being a good American citizen and obeying the laws of America? Well, if you live here, that's your motivation. You live with people. You live around people. You live here. Hopefully you find America to be a, a, a good place, a great place. And, and so you say, if I'm going to be here, I need to, to live in the laws that, that are put before me in the land. And so if I say to you, if you live in America, obey the laws, I'm not, I'm not asking the question, well, how many of you live in America? I'm saying, if this is true, which, which we know it to be true, then go out and do this. And this is exactly what Paul's saying. If then you have been raised with Christ, it's not a, a hypothetical situation that, that may apply to some Christians. Rather, it is a reality that happens to a Christian when they place their faith and trust in Jesus. And, and if this is true of you, if you are a believer, then seek the things that are above. So in Colossians 2.13, Paul says, and you were dead in your trespasses with the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made you alive with him, with Jesus. It's that same idea of being raised up with Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him. So there is a spiritual reality in our lives that just as Jesus Christ physically was raised from the dead, so when we believe in Jesus, we are spiritually, in our hearts, raised up. And so we've talked in the past weeks about that close, intimate connection we have with Jesus. And so if we have that close connection through faith in Jesus, 
Where should our minds be? Where should our thoughts be? What should I be thinking about as I walk? And Paul says in Romans 6, 4 that that we have died with Christ, but we also, uh, just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in the newness of life. So Paul says then we're supposed to seek the things above. Look at the end of verse 1. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We need to remember in this context, there were individuals, perhaps outside the church, but perhaps people inside the church, and they were being tempted. And they were being tempted by visions and and being tempted by people that that claimed to be seeing angelic visions. And that must have sounded so exciting. Uh, Who wouldn't want to see an angel? But they were pursuing this out of selfishness. They were not pursuing this. This was not uh, a godly thing like what would happen in the Old Testament when the angels of the Lord would reveal himself. Uh, This was a thing that was self-indulgent and a man-made religion, Paul tells us in, in Colossians 2. But you can imagine these these people coming in and they're saying, we are seeing heaven and we are seeing these visions of angels and we are, are more spiritual than all of you. And what Paul says is, you need to set your mind on Jesus. You need to set your mind on, on where Jesus is and, and Jesus is in heaven. Uh, we don't need angel uh, angelic visions because Jesus is in heaven and has has saved us. In fact, Paul says in Galatians chapter 1 that even if an angel of God should come to us from heaven and preach to us a different gospel, it it is uh, accursed. It is anathema. It is is horrible. You, You stay away from that. There are religions out there today that claim to have heard from angels. Mormons in particular claim that, that holy books were given uh, to their founders, Joseph Smith and such, and that these things came through visions of angels. There are others, and we've mentioned the, the whole phenomenon of the journeys into heaven that are, that are being written about in all of these popular books today. And really what that does is it does not focus us on heaven. It focuses on an individual or a person or what happened to them. It doesn't focus us on heaven because it's not focusing us on Jesus. You see, Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father. And we are to be focused on Jesus and what He is doing right now. And He is sitting there in all of His glory, in all of His His splendor and His majesty, and He is reigning and ruling. And when you as a Christian are, are praying to Him, He is hearing your prayers. And He is being a high priest. A high priest was the one in the Old Testament that would go into the tabernacle and He would, he would take the blood of the, the calf or the goat and He would sprinkle it over the throne. And it would symbolize that God's people could come into God's presence through the shedding of blood. Jesus Christ has shed His blood and gone up into heaven and now Him being there means you can pray to God. And your sin does not separate you from God if you trust in Christ. And your prayers are being heard when you ask for forgiveness or when you confess your sins because Jesus is there at the right hand of God the Father. And so, Scripture tells us in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Part of setting your mind on Christ 
is focusing on Him and putting Him first in your life and and allowing everything else in your life to, to line up behind that. Let me make two applications of this first point this morning. And the first is, do not forget Jesus Christ is in heaven. Don't forget that Jesus Christ is in his resurrection body in heaven. Sometimes we we treat Jesus Christ going back into heaven as just sort of an afterthought. You know, Jesus came from heaven. He died. He rose again. Now he's done. He's back in heaven. Sometimes what we forget is everything that happened to Christ. He he dies on the cross. He rises again bodily. Okay, so he walks around in a bodily resurrection. Uh, His disciples see him. They can touch him. Uh, They eat with him. Uh, He is not Casper the friendly ghost floating around. He is in a physical body. And when he goes back up into heaven, he takes that physical body with him. It is Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man in human resurrection body, the whole person who is at the right hand of the Father, which means there is a human being at the right hand of God representing you. Jesus Christ is God the Son, and that never changes. But what did happen to Jesus is he was born of the woman, meaning he took on a human body. He was the Son of God the entire time, all of his deity there and represented, but he was in a human body. And that human body was able to die, but it was able to be raised from the dead. And now in that state, it goes back up. How can I know that I am going to go to heaven when I die? How can I know that that one day what awaits me is a resurrection and I will see God in my flesh, in my body? I won't just be a, a spirit floating around, but I will have a physical, tangible, bodily form. And, and just as I have eyes right now, I will see God. My assurance is because Jesus Christ is there in His bodily form right now. Just as much as He represented me on the cross where His body was broken and and His blood shed for me, all of that physical stuff happens to Him for my sake. Now He is in heaven. And all of that happening there in His body for my sake. The Apostles' Creed, which, which was not written by the Apostles, but it was a, one of the earliest uh, creeds or, or doctrinal statements that the church made uh, early, only within a couple hundred years uh, after Jesus' death, but, but had been preached right from the very beginning, the time of the Apostles. When, when the, they confessed this, part of the confession was He, Jesus, ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty from where he will come to judge the living and the dead. Jesus is, in a sense, busy in heaven reigning and ruling and and being a merciful Savior on our behalf. And sometimes we so focus on Jesus 
in our hearts. And that is certainly true, that Jesus is there through the power of His Holy Spirit. But we must never forget, where is Jesus' body? It is not in the grave. It has been resurrected. And Jesus Christ did not set that body aside and say, okay, well, it's raised from the dead now. Now I'm done with it because I can go back up into heaven. He went back up into heaven in that form, in that resurrection body. And when He returns, and when we have resurrection bodies, we will see Him as He is. And we will actually be able to touch His human flesh. Because He has a body. See, when you know where Jesus is, it changes the way that you think about life. It changes the way that you respond to Him. And that's the second application of of this first point this morning is seek the things that are above. Pursue what is good and godly. Set a course in your life that is always looking at Jesus and seeking to obey Him. We all stumble in, in many ways at various times and yet we can't lose sight of where Jesus is because when I fall, I can turn to Him and repent and find the forgiveness of sins because he's in heaven. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 says this, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The imagery is, is like that of a runner. Uh, that we are, are running towards this goal, this prize that, that Jesus has won for us on His cross. And we need to focus on where Jesus is. Focus on the end of the race. What is the goal? What am I, I pushing towards? Because we all get tired of, of running that race. Uh, if you've ever uh, run uh, anything. Maybe maybe in high school, maybe some of you are still runners now. I don't, I don't know. But it, it, you get out there and you, you get to this point where you're running and you, you hit, uh, they call it hitting the wall. You, you get to this point where your body feels like it cannot go on anymore. And, and then maybe sometimes you wonder, why am I out here running? I do that a lot when I'm running. Why, why am I even bothering to do this? Uh, and you focus on the goal. Maybe your goal is to get in shape. Maybe you're competing as an athlete and you want to you win some sort of prize. But whatever it is, you focus on the goal. In our Christian life, to keep us from getting discouraged, to keep us from getting run down, to help us in our hours of needs, we focus on the goal. And the goal is Jesus Christ. And the goal is that I will one day be made like Him. Not because of who I am, but because of what He has done for me and where He is sitting right now in heaven on my behalf. Second this morning, focus your minds on Christ's heavenly presence because you've died to sin and your life is in Him. So look at verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Paul is talking about here focusing on what is good, on what is godly, on what is uh, of right and true character. And he's going to flesh this out. And when he says when he says not on things on the earth, he's focusing primarily on sins, sin, things that are 
earthly and, and worldly. Do not focus your mind on them. We allow ourselves so often to get caught up in these things because we are not focusing on Jesus. So Paul tells us what is earthly in verse 5. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these things, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Paul has told us that, that these are the things that are earthly. These are the, the habits that are in us. Even, even habits that can creep up in our Christian life. That we can stumble into these sins. And Paul is saying, do not set your mind on these things. Do not focus on these things. It is easy to be distracted in our Christian life. To have a, a thought pop into our head. To have something stirring up in us. And then we begin to think on it. And instead of taking that right to Jesus and, and dealing with it, we, we let our minds wander down that path. And suddenly we find ourselves doing a sin uh, that we wouldn't have imagined ourselves uh, doing. Or we certainly uh, end up doing a sin that, that at the outset we never had the desire to do those things. We let ourselves focus on the earthly. We need to focus on Christ because Christ is the one that has the power to put these things to death in us. Paul tells us then what is heavenly in verses 12 and 13. He says, Put on then as God's chosen and holy ones, uh, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you must also forgive James 3:17 says but the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable gentle open to reason full of of mercy and good fruits impartial and sincere you see when we set our minds on Jesus we begin to see that Jesus wants to cultivate in us godly patterns, godly habits. And the Christian has new life in Jesus. The Christian, the, the power of sin has been crucified. Now the challenge is to fight daily the presence of sin. We still have sin in our human bodies. That, that is never taken away until our death or until the Lord returns, whichever comes first. But we fight it. And the fight takes place first by surrendering ourselves to Jesus and looking to heaven where Jesus is. And then the fruit of the Spirit or these character traits of heaven itself come down and begin to, to manifest itself in us. You see, if you are so heavenly minded... What will that look like? It will look like compassion towards others. It will look like gentleness. It will look like mercy. It will look like forgiving of sins. If you are heavenly minded, you will have all of these character traits that are of, of all value and are, in a sense, of earthly good. 
Would a little bit of compassion or mercy help you in your relationships? Would putting off of sin help you in your living of your daily life? Yes, of course. And so if we are heavenly minded, these things happen in us through the power of the Spirit and and they will exercise themselves out in how we are living. It is the attributes that, that reflect then the image of God that are the heavenly ones. Just as God behaves in heaven towards us with, with kindness and mercy and love and gentleness and, and forgiveness and compassion, so too when we are heavenly minded, God begins to work in us. God begins to push away sin. God begins to develop these behaviors in us. So what are some ways that we can set our minds on heavenly things? Well, first off, we can regularly remind ourselves that uh, who Jesus is and what he's done, but even what he is doing right now. Part of being heavenly minded is reminding yourself what Jesus has done. Do you say to yourself in the course of the day, you know, it's a, I, I just want to think for a minute here about how Jesus died on the cross. Do I, do I make that a point to meditate on? Do I think about the fact that he, that he rose again from the dead? What, what does that mean? Wow, he's, he's got a real human body and it rises again. It really has defeated death. Do I think about what Jesus is doing right now? What, what does it mean that he is at the right hand of the Father in heaven sitting there? Does that stir up a sense of awe in you? Uh, does that amaze you that, that Jesus would be there not only as, as truly God, but also now as truly man in a, in a resurrected state? That, that somehow Jesus radiates the glory of God? One, because he shares in, in all of the deity of the Godhead, but two, now somehow he is, he is shining this out in his human form. Just like on the Mount of Transfiguration where where the glory of God shone off off of Jesus. He is in heaven radiating the glory of God. When we think on those things, it pushes distractions aside. Most often we stumble into sin because we get distracted from God and Jesus and what he wants to do in us. Second way we can set our mind on heavenly things is we can meditate on the Bible. Meditate on, on scripture verses. Maybe you, you take a little three by five card and you, you write a verse on it and you carry it around with you uh, during the day. Uh, maybe it's, it's a passage you're reading at night and, and rather than just reading it once and, and putting your Bible aside, you, you read it regularly. You, you look at it in, in that one night. You read through it several times and you begin to pay attention to different words that are in there and you say, wow, I never noticed that before. And you think about what it means. Maybe it means hiding Scripture in your heart through meditation. But meditate on the Bible verses and on Scriptures. Third, ask the Holy Spirit to cultivate in you the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus says uh, in the Gospel of Luke that a a father does not give, uh, excuse me, just as a father gives good gifts to his children, so God will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. So we find ourselves struggling with a sin. We find ourselves giving into it. We find ourselves fighting that battle. Do we ask the Holy Spirit to come to our aid? 
Jesus Christ ascended up into heaven and what is the first thing that he did for the disciples in Acts chapter 2? He sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit equips us and empowers us and he still equips us and empowers us today. Third, you can, uh, no, fourth, you can examine those areas of your life where you need to grow in obedience. Um, Fifth, simply love Jesus. How do I keep my mind set on heavenly things? Do I remind myself, excuse me, that Jesus is a real person and that I delight in him and that he is special to me? It is so easy to get going with our lives and be distracted. And sometimes we need to just re-examine our thoughts and refocus them and set them on heaven. Finally, verbally give thanks to Jesus. It's really hard not to grow in your love for Jesus when you're thanking him. I've often found experiences in my life when I, when I spend a little time and I sit down and I, I really put some thoughts into what I need to say thank you for. Maybe it's something that Jesus did recently in my life. Uh, maybe it's some way he protected me, something that he gave me, something that he forgave me from. Maybe it's just thinking back to what he did when he died on the cross for me. But when I'm saying thank you to God, I'm communicating with him. I'm, I'm in fellowship with him. And it's really hard to not grow. You almost have to work at not growing if you're, if you're genuinely giving thanks. Because a thankful response just kind of enlarges our hearts. We are, we are looking more at Jesus when we're giving thanks. And the more we start to say things of thank you, the more it, I find the more that we are actually turning and looking at what Jesus is uh, and what he's, or what he's done and who he is. These are some ways that we can focus our minds. But focus your mind. Third this morning, focus your mind on Jesus because Christ is in your life. And he's returning. This is, this is the big why. Why should I focus on Jesus? One of it is to put to death sins in our life. One of it is to, to grow. But really the biggest reason is Jesus Christ is the sum total of your life. Jesus Christ, I hope this is true of you today, is your everything. Your all in all. Look at verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Christ is described here as being our life. When Christ, who is your life, appears, Jesus Christ will return. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of a trumpet, the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so that we will always be with the Lord. What happens? The Lord Jesus Christ begins to descend. And first, all of the bodies of believers that are in the grave will rise from the dead. Their spirits are right now in heaven and their spirits will be coming back with Jesus. But somehow their body will be raised up and meet their spirit in the air. And they get the resurrection just, you know, just seconds before the rest of us who are alive get it. This is why Paul says when we grieve, we don't, we, we grieve, we 
do not grieve as those who have no hope. Because even if we are dead, if we are dead in Christ, we get a resurrection body. Even now, the the spirits of believers are in the presence of the Lord, but they will get a resurrection. And then right after that happens, those of us who are still here, who are still alive when Jesus returns, and there will be believers on earth when Jesus returns, they get a resurrection right after those who are dead rise from the dead. Um, It's like a bada-boom, bada-bing, one and then the other. And they join the presence of the Lord in the air, and it says uh, that we will be with him. We will always be with him. Christ is our life in that we get new life because of him. And when he returns, we get all of those things. But we need to ask ourselves, is Christ my life right now? Am I a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? But am I also growing in my focus on him? It is so easy in our Christian lives, in the daily ups and downs, the daily grind, or even our struggle with sin, to lose sight. It happens to me. We lose sight that Jesus is our life. Something about sin becomes enticing. And we forget that our life is in Jesus. And Satan distracts our focus. And we give in in some way. But Jesus is our life, and we need to focus on him and stay focused. We sing in the hymn, Lord, haste the day where my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back like a scroll. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well with your soul right now if you are a believer because your life is hidden in Christ. But keep that focus on him. Lord, haste the day where my faith shall be sight. We will actually see these things that we have believed in. We have believed in the death and resurrection of Christ. We have believed that he rose again from the dead and he ascended into heaven. And we will see those things. And our faith will not be in vain. Finally, when Christ returns, the believers will appear in glory with him. Then also you will appear with him in glory. Paul describes this, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. Jesus Christ has a glorious body right now in heaven. And when Jesus returns, because our citizenship, he holds, as it were, our passport. And we are a part of his kingdom. And when he comes, we are transformed. And what does Paul say? He will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. That is the prize. And that is why my eyes should be on heaven right now. Because one day, I will have a body of glory, of resurrection glory. And, and Jesus has the glory of God that, that radiates out of him in that resurrection body. And I and my character will have been polished like a mirror. So I will shine forth the glory of God, reflecting it because I am in his presence.
because Jesus Christ died, rose again, and ascended up into heaven. Paul describes this uh, body that we will bear the image of God and reflect uh, the glory. Our bodies, which, which were sown perishable, will be raised imperishable, sown in dishonor and, and uh, containing sin in this life, will be raised in glory. They were sown in weakness. Your, your earthly body right now is weak. It can die. It gets old. It, it aches. It will be raised in power, sown in a natural body, a, a flesh, body of flesh, raised in a spiritual body, Paul says. It will so have the presence of the Holy Spirit in it that while it is a body, it will be a body unlike any that we have ever experienced. It will be just like Jesus' resurrection body. Finally, 1 John 3, 2 says this, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. And we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see him as he is. Are you focused on Jesus this morning? Are you focused on heaven where Jesus Christ is reigning right now? I want to close with an illustration this morning. Imagine you work at a job that you don't like. Maybe some of you that's not too much of a stretch of an imagination. I don't, I don't know. But imagine you, you work at a, at a job that is less than exciting and your boss comes in and he tells you just hang in there because six months from now we are going to promote you and and it's going to come with an unbelievable raise all the problems that you've been complaining about your about at your job we are just going to take care of them six months from now we will do this for you what what would your response be you've got six months between now and and, and the day that that happens. And in one sense, six months is not that long. In another sense, when you are in a job that you hate or when you are in some sort of struggle or, or trial, six months can seem like an eternity. But every day that you come into work, what is your attitude going to be like? You're going to, maybe you're, you know, you're going to have a, a mindset where you're looking towards what is going to happen. You are anticipating. You might even go out and buy one of those calendars. And, and every day on your desk, take off a page so you can say, okay, it, it's no longer six uh, months. It's five months and 29 days and 28 days. You're, you're going to be counting down. Maybe you have an employee that, that's in the cubicle or whatever next to you, and he just makes your teeth grind. And you're, you're just, every time he does this, you're just going to go, six more months, six more months. Just hang in here, six more months. It's coming. You're going to have this, this anticipation that your, your appetite is going to be whetted. Your, your eyes are, are if, if your boss promised you that you're going to get that, that corner office with the view that's upstairs, your, your eyes are going to be on that upstairs prize. And everything that you have to deal with for those six months, you're going to have this mindset that this pales in comparison to what I'm getting. And you're going to constantly be reminding yourself, it is worth it. It is worth it. My end is coming. My prize. I am going to share the glorious office that my boss has. Uh, I shall see him for as he is. I will be the CEO with him or whatever it might be. That is how our mindset is to be 
in light of the coming of Christ. That our eyes are towards heaven because Jesus Christ has secured heaven for you. He is there right now on your behalf and He will bring the prize to you. Either He will usher you into His presence when you die bodily or if, if that day doesn't come first, He will come back and you'll get the resurrection straight away. But just as you would work at that job, you would put up with every hardship. You would deal with those tough customers. You would fight against losing your temper with them because you know what's coming and you are so delighted for it. You are so in anticipation. You are waiting for that all to to break forth and overwhelm you, that joy to come upon you in fullness. So it is with waiting for Jesus. We're waiting for our Lord to come. We're waiting for him to, to make us into his image perfectly. And all of those struggles now that we fight to put off what is earthly, to put on what is heavenly, they are all going to be worth it because Jesus Christ will accomplish in you completely what he has only begun to give you a foretaste of now. What is your mindset today? Focus on Jesus. Focus on his coming, that, the, the, the full realization of his grace, the fullness of his grace. Set your minds on heaven because Jesus is there. I tell you, there is no possible way to be so heavenly minded that you are of no earthly good. Because if your mind is on heaven, your mind is on Jesus And that's precisely what Jesus wants from us, that we would focus on him and worship him in every area of our lives. Let's close in a word of prayer. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, we ask that you would work in us today. We ask that you would forgive us of our sins, that you would forgive us of our distractions, of our lack of heavenly mindedness, of our falling to temptations, of our failing to have the character traits that that you would have us manifest. Give us eyes that would bring a new heart into us, that would continue to renew our hearts. Help us to focus on you. We thank you for your goodness and kindness, but we even need you to help us to look to heaven. We need your spirit to be present in our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen.